The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 26th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this evening is from St. Matthew. It is Matthew chapter 26, verses 17 through 30, and can be found on page 1543 in your pew Bible. Matthew records, On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? And he replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says my appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, One of you will betray me. They were very sad, and they began to say to him, one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. And Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. And Jesus answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. And then he took a cup, And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from the fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Mercy. Mercy is not exactly a word that you hear every day. If you and I were walking down the street and heard someone exclaim, Lord have mercy, you might see more than a few people turn to see just what kind of a person would use that word in public. And on the other hand, we here use it in church all the time. You hear and you say, Lord, have mercy upon us. You hear, in your your mercy, hear our prayer, and so forth. When 
we use these words, we echo what the blind men who came to Jesus to receive their sight in Matthew 9 and Luke 18, we echo what they said. We all come into this world with spiritual blindness because of our sin. And when we praise God with our cry for mercy, we ask him to forgive our sin and to restore our spiritual sight. When we come to God for mercy, we are confessing that Jesus Christ is our Lord. He is our Lord because we belong to him. We are bought and paid for with his blood. We are ransomed and redeemed out of the kingdom of darkness to live under him in his kingdom of light. The words... Lord, have mercy on us is both a praise and a prayer. It's an acclamation and a petition. And with these words, we welcome him, we confess him as Lord, and we pray for his gracious help. We have come to the right place tonight to welcome Jesus as he comes in both word and in sacrament. We have come to the right place to receive his mercy since he has plenty of it to give. And on this special night, we remember how he gave his mercy to his beloved church in an exceptional way. It is tonight that we commemorate the night that Christ founded the sacrament of the altar in which he feeds us with his broken body and he gives us his holy and precious blood to drink. This night is the beginning of the last phase of our deliverance, the beginning of our three-day journey with Jesus from his arrest in the garden to Pilate's judgment hall and then to the place of the skull through his cross and then unto death and then unto his glorious resurrection. Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter Day. You know, it sounds like it's four days, but the biblical reckoning, it is only three days. You see, the Jewish day, it begins each new day at the setting of the sun, and anything that happens after sundown is part of the next day. So by that calculation, then, it is a three-day journey that we commence this Monday, Thursday evening. And by that calculation, then it is the beginning of the day that would end in our Savior's death. And it all started 
with a meal. Actually, I guess it starts at 7.31 p.m. tonight. We're a little bit early, but for the sake of argument, that's how it works out in biblical terms. We have heard the words so often that you could almost recite them in your sleep. That is the words that are our Lord Jesus Christ on the night in which he was betrayed. He took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. And in a few minutes, we will once again approach the altar and receive with our mouths the very bread of heaven. And under this earthly bread we break, in the cup that we bless, we will eat and we will drink the flesh and the blood of Jesus. And then, when we do, we will follow his last will and testament. And that is when he said, do this in remembrance of me. That's in Luke 22, verse 19. In this sacrament, the Lamb of God has left us a memorial uh, of his mercy. And it is a memorial far different than any other. Some of you may have visited the battlefields in America or other battlefields around the world, and you would find elaborate monuments to celebrate the valor and the sacrifice of the soldiers who died there. Has anyone here visited the Lincoln Memorial? Yeah? Well, when you visit the Lincoln Memorial in D.C., what I remember is that we're dwarfed, absolutely dwarfed by the impressive image of the great emancipator. But these are all memorials to the dead. The Lord, Jesus, is the lamb who once was slain, but is now alive forever. And the memorial that he instituted is not a monument, but it's a meal. And in this eating and this drinking, we actively recall, we actively recite and rehearse we rehearse his saving mercy. Now somebody might ask, well, what good is that? Give me something that I can use, Jesus. I could use some pointers on how to get along in this world. I could use some advice on how to be happy or how to be successful. I could use some instructions on how to find my way through the confusion and the turmoil since my life has become a mess. But mercy? What good is that? And that, of course, is our problem. God sends gifts to us, and we keep trying to mark them return to sender or take them back ourselves and exchange them for something that we like better. But there is nothing better than mercy. It is in his mercy that the, the Lamb of God 
opens up his heart to the world. He's sending forth the pure and holy Lamb of God to be slaughtered in our place, which is mercy in action. Before dinner, I gave an example of mercy in action in my life when the red and blue lights are flashing behind you and I have pulled over because I was going too fast. I have yet to have it happen, but mercy in action would be him saying, why don't you just slow down and you can go, no ticket. Mercy in action is what Christ gives us. And as a result of his mercy, you and I do not receive the penalty that we deserve, that we earned. Instead, God's own son, he took it upon himself And it is that substitutionary gift of Jesus and his death that is at the heart of the New Testament meal that we're going to experience tonight. The sacrament of the altar, the remembrance of God's mercy to end all other remembrances. Do this in remembrance of me. Now there had been memorial meals before this one we know in Scripture. The night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered in that upper room with his disciples to commemorate the exodus of God's people from their slavery under Pharaoh. And it was the Lord's Passover. And God had given elaborate instructions to his people for the preparation of this feast. Do you remember some of them? The entree... (laughs) I don't know if they called it an entree, but the, the main meal of the, of the day was lamb. But it was not an ordinary lamb, do you remember? It was a lamb without blemish or without defect. And every time they ate that meal, the Israelites ate it in remembrance of the Lord and his mercy. It was a meal full of hope and promise but hope and promise under the very threat of death. That first night in Egypt, imagine this, that first night in Egypt when God set his people free, it was in the midst of imminent danger. What danger? Well, in every household in Egypt, you'll remember the firstborn of man and beast would die, except for where the blood of a sacrificial lamb marked the door. And at those houses, the deadly plague, it passed right over, sparing all within. And on the night of their deliverance, God's people, Israel, ate that first Passover with, well, you'd have to say, with mixed emotions. Probably with gratitude and joy, to be sure, but tinged with dread. Why? Because the angel of death was passing overhead. Imagine a banquet in your honor that there was live fire going right over your head as you were eating it. These people knew that they had received mercy. They had been miraculously delivered from sure and certain death. And this, then, was Israel's Passover, the Old Testament sacramental meal of deliverance. 
And it is in that meal that God's people bind on the body of the very animal that gave them life by dying in their place. And it was a communion of sorts. It was a communion in the body that died to save them. In the meal that we eat this night, there is a communion as well. But it is a communion of a living body, the body of the Lamb of God who has mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Jesus intervened to rescue us from slavery to sin and death. And he became a curse for us. And he died upon the cross, giving his body and shedding his blood for the remission of our sins. Now Jesus, too, was a lamb, a lamb without blemish, a lamb without defect. He had no sins of his own, but he took upon himself our sins so that he could die to bring down the ancient curse of death and to end the Father's wrath against all sin and the Father's wrath ending against all sinners. That body of his was a sin offering. His blood is the sign and the seal of our redemption. And so when we eat the bread and drink the cup of this supper, it is a communion in the body and the blood of Christ, the Lamb. Israel once dined on the flesh that revealed God's mercy and gave them life for death. And so the church continually dines on the flesh and the blood that rescued us once and for all. Now, Paul drives this home when he calls the Lord Jesus our Passover lamb. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Our Passover lamb. Those lambs who gave their lives as the antidote to death in Egypt were really only a, a dress rehearsal for the real thing. At the cross, the true Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, gave his body and he shed his blood as the ransom price of the entire world. And so, at the Lord's table this night, you and I are given yet again a front row seat in a, in a great drama that won our salvation. You know the old song that asks, Were you there when they crucified my Lord? You know, it's a sweet thought. It is, but it must, main, remain, it must remain forever figurative. 
For the plain fact is that you and I, we weren't there. We weren't there. We can't go to the cross. But tonight, the cross comes to us. And while we cannot go to Jesus, he comes to us. He came to us first at our baptism, and now he comes repeatedly in this Holy Supper. He, the Lamb, who shed his blood that we might live, says to all of us, drink, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. In this sac sacred memorial meal, he does so much more than ask us to remember him. He himself actively recalls and gives us once again the fruits of his love and all the benefits of his saving death as he says to us, take and eat. This is my body given for you. And those two little words, those two little words for you bring us confidence and consolation in this hour. For God's love is no shadowy abstraction. It's not some warm, fuzzy feeling. It is a concrete reality. And for we know now that sin, death, and hell have been overcome since Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. And now we may know for certain that we are not, we are not alone in this world and that all the burdens and all the sorrows of this life that threaten to overwhelm us can never, ever rob us of the love of God in Christ our Lord. His love, you see, is big enough to include the whole sorrowing, hurting world. But it is precise and exact enough to address each and every one of us personally and individually. God's love is not a generic to whom it may concern. God's love, his message, is not some sort of a vague, have a nice day. It's just not. It's nothing like an electronic spam memo. It's nothing like something that's left on your door. In this supper, in this supper we will have tonight, his love has your own name on it. In this supper, the Lord of heaven and earth, he hands you his love on a platter. He doesn't give you a symbol or an emblem of his love, but the true substance of his love, the very flesh that was once offered up on the cross, the lamb without blemish or spot who freely laid down his life 
so that you and I might live. His is a love that you can sink your teeth into. His blood, it cleanses you from all sin. And he gives you to drink his cup of salvation. Mercy. That is what we need. And that is what the Lamb of God brings us now in his banquet that he spreads before us that we eat in his remembrance. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, Paul writes, For whenever you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. So take heart this solemn night. Death and destruction may loom. They may lurk on every side. But everything that troubles you, all that robs you of joy, is eclipsed tonight in this banquet feast of love. Now, our vanquished sin and death and hell. And heaven intersects with earth at this altar. And in this eating and drinking, we have that foretaste of a feast, the feast to come, the wedding banquet of the Lamb and his beloved bride. Jesus said, yes, I am coming soon. And we say, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Come soon. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. In the name of Jesus. Amen.